Rev it up and welcome to Cars Yeah, show number 1,866. This week we celebrate the 70th annual Pebble Beach Concours de Elegance that takes place Sunday, August 15th at the Lodge in Pebble Beach, California. To learn more, go to pebblebeach.net. This is Cars Yeah, where you'll enjoy interviews with inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Mark Green is here to provide you with a fuel injection of automotive inspiration. So get in, sit down, buckle up, and get ready for a wild ride here on Cars Yeah. Hello, inspiring automotive enthusiasts, and welcome to Cars Yeah. Today I'm in Weston, Connecticut, with a very special guest by the name of Miles Morris, with a name like that, you got to be involved with cars. Hey, Miles, welcome to Cars Yeah. Are you buckled up? Do you have any gear? And are you ready to release the clutch? I am indeed. Thank you, Mark. All right, we're going to have some fun. Now, before I introduce you properly and we talk about your business and the Pebble Beach Concours, what's one little thing that most people don't know about you, Miles? Well, one little fact would be... Um the English people will recognize this especially, but uh, a little over a hundred years ago, my grandfather, back in 1917, uh, he founded an English food company, and it's uh, a rather well-known company. The name of the company is Ambrosia, and they are very famous for their rice puddings and custards. Ah. There you go. Not a lot of people know that. <laughs> very British meals as well. So, uh, yeah. yeah. And what a great name, Ambrosia. It just sounds like something you want. Yeah, I mean, it translates to food of the gods. Yeah, perfect. I love it. Well, allow me to give you a proper introduction as we have a little pudding here today. That sounds kind of nice. Biles Morris is an official FIVA, FIVA inspector and examiner and judges at many international classic car events, including the prestigious Pebble Beach Concorde Elegance, where he serves as a member of their selection committee. Since 2003, he has operated a specialist historic car consultancy and brokerage business titled MM Garage in partnership with another expat, Malcolm Welford, who, by the way, is a past guest here on Cars Yeah! In 1995, as head of Christie's Classic Car Department in London, he relocated to Beverly Hills in efforts to expand the Christie's U.S. presence and shortly after became the worldwide head of Christie's International Motor Car Division. Miles has contributed to one book along with several other authors writing Chapter 8 of The Stewardship of Historically Important Automobiles by the Simeon Automotive Foundation. Fred Simeon, another guy who's been on this show which won the prestigious Publication of the Year at the International Historic Motoring Awards held back in 2013. We'll be back in just a minute to talk with Miles and the Pebble Beach Concours. But first, a word from our sponsors. So sit tight and we'll be right back. Enjoy that pudding. Summer's here, thank goodness, and that means long, hot days. Covercraft's UVS custom sunscreens are quality made and are incredibly fast and easy to use. Your UVS sunscreen is custom tailored for your vehicle, and the accordion design ensures easy storage. Not only do they protect your dash and interior for maximum protection while parking in the sun, sunscreens keep your vehicle's interior significantly cooler. They're durable and dependable for years of use. I have one for all my vehicles 
and I use them every time I park my car when I'm not going to put the cover on. You can choose from a variety of colors, including the original, their Premier Series, and Carhartt designs. Your sunscreen is manufactured with the quality and attention to detail that's been the standard for Covercraft since 1965. And they make really great gifts, too. Get your summer deal today if you use the code YEAH21, Y-E-A-H-21, at Covercraft.com. You'll get 10% off your Covercraft order. That's right, 10% off compliments of cars, yeah. Simply use the code YEAH21 at checkout. Covercraft, protecting the things that move you. Get your own custom sunscreen today. Last year, I changed my collector car coverage to American Collectors Insurance. That's who now protects my Porsche Turbo, the one I call my Orange Crush. But did you know they also insure your valuable collections of automobilia and other collectibles? If you're like me, you've invested in a lot of cool collectibles over the years. Those items are valuable. And if you were to lose them in a theft or a fire, well, try to get your normal homeowner's insurance to pay you what they're worth. Good luck with that. American Collectors Insurance provides you with assurance and confidence that your collectibles are fully covered. They insure a lot of items, including automobilia, wine, baseball cards, books, figurines, die-cast models, model trains, glassware, sports memorabilia, toys, and a whole lot more. American Collectors Insurance, they've been protecting us enthusiasts since 1976. They provide you with an agreed value insurance policy backed by a long history of taking care of their clients. Give them a call today for your personal agreed value quote at 866-ACI-YEAH. That's 866-224-9324. Tell them you're a friend of mine, Mark Rains here at Cars Yeah. American Collectors Insurance. Classic car insurance designed by collectors for collectors. Automotive enthusiasts just like you and me. That's American Collectors Insurance. All right, Miles, we're back. So let's dive a little deeper into the corner and talk about your involvement with Pebble Beach. And I also want to talk about your business a little bit. So uh, take the wheel. Well, thank you, Mark. Firstly, I would like to actually uh, congratulate uh, Sandra Button because she is now been at the Pebble Beach Company and uh, obviously helming it for many years, but she's been there for 36 years. That's incredible, so that's isn't it? Amazing, amazing achievement. And uh, I can remember, well, I first met Sandra back in about 1990, and uh, she was there then originally on the on the catering side of things, and then quickly moved across onto the car side, and uh, look at the wonderful job she's done ever since. The rest is history, as they say. And for you listeners, if you missed yesterday's show, Sandra is the only person here on Cars Yet to be on this show four times. So uh, uh, make sure you go back and listen to the show yesterday. And if you want to listen to all of our shows, you can find all of them on the Cars Yeah website. Let's first, before we talk about Pebble, though, I would like you to share a little bit more about MM Garage, because your uh, partner in crime, if you will, uh, was a guest here on the show, and he shared a lot. But it's been a couple of years since he was on the show. And I'm glad I finally got you, by the way, Miles. So there you go. I eventually get everybody I want to get, but uh, sometimes it takes a little bit of time. So let's start about MM Garage. Tell our listeners a little bit about it, and then we're going to talk more about Pebble Beach. Well, thank you, Mark. MM Garage is a, uh, a brokerage business whereby Malcolm and I work the world, if you like. He's based in California. I'm here in Connecticut. And we try and matchmake uh, important and historic automobiles with uh, buyers and sellers, as well as doing consultancy on helping collectors put collections together and uh, everything involved with that. So we 
we don't we don't have a showroom. We're not dealers. We did try that for a very short period of time, but no longer doing that. We're back to full-time brokerage, which is how we started out in 2003 after we left Christie's. You guys deal with some very spectacular cars. I was looking at your site. There is a dark silver Jaguar XKE you have right now that I would love to have in my garage. What a beautiful car. Thank you. Yeah, we're very lucky to be uh, offering such great cars, and and uh, you know I'm, I'm one of those lucky people who does manage to work in a job that I actually love and uh, adore, which uh, is obviously a, a wonderful thing for any any car enthusiast to do if they can. Absolutely, I'll remind listeners here today. I'll put a link to their business on Miles' show notes page so that you can go and check out what they have to offer. And there's some really spectacular vehicles there. Let's dive into the Pebble Beach Concord because you're on the selection committee, among other duties there. Tell us about the process that you go through because as Sandra told me yesterday, sometimes they'll get as many as a thousand people who want to be part of this show and then they have to narrow that down. All of you folks on the selection committee have to narrow this down. I don't know how you do it. So tell us a little bit about the process and the specific categories that you're involved in. Uh, thank you. Yeah, it, it is an interesting process, and you're quite right. There are a very large number of people who would like to bring their car and show it at Pebble Beach. Now, obviously, some, unfortunately, either just don't fit our category, they're too modern or not fitting the Pebble Beach uh, criteria of types of cars we're looking for. So we, we do weed out a vast majority, well, not a vast majority, a lot of cars even before the selection committee meets. Uh, we always meet in the beginning of the year, usually in about February, in a different spot around the country, sometimes maybe overseas, but uh, usually somewhere different in the country. And there's about 15 of us or so on the selection committee. And what normally happens is two people on the selection committee are allocated a particular class, or several. I actually do more than one, I must admit. And the two people will pre-go through all the entries that we have, and we will sort of, if you like, pre-select what we think would be a nice grouping. But that's not definitive at all, because every person on the selection committee gets to weigh in on that selection that we've already come up with. And, and quite often, we do change things. Um, people, you know, different, different people have different perspectives, or they might have slightly different knowledge on a certain car, or, or what have you. And, and then we re-refine it again. And, and then, of course, you're not always finished, even, even though, you know, you might have six or seven cars. You know, every year we do a special grouping of cars, apart mm-hmm. from the traditional classes. Um, so sometimes we have to curate certain cars or classes. So, for instance, this year, because of the pandemic last year, it didn't happen. We we actually slotted in uh, Lamborghini Countach because it's one of the anniversary years, believe it or not, 50 years. Since the, uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> do we feel old now, Miles? <laughs> I know. We really do feel old. <laughs> so, for instance, that, that was a class that Sandra approached me at the beginning of the year and said, Miles, we're going to add a 50th anniversary class. Could you curate it? Mm. Now, because it wasn't, we already basically are rerunning last year's show, we didn't mail out everybody in the world. So I worked with another friend, and we went out and basically curated as many great cars as we thought we could find, and uh, not too many for overseas, because we were still a bit worried about the uh, the cars coming from over there. Although we, we do actually have three three examples coming, two, two from the uh, Lamborghini factory themselves, and, and another collector is sending, sending one from over there as well. Nice. Very nice. So... Uh, aside from that group of cars, what are the other groups that you're involved in? So I did um, I did the Ferrari classes, 
which I quite often do with Ed Gilbertson each year. So, and that this year was um, particularly strong. So we always normally, traditionally, we always do Ferrari M1, which is Ferrari road cars, and then we have M2 Ferrari competition cars. But this year, we're celebrating the coach builder Pininfarina. So obviously, Ferrari and Pininfarina are hugely linked, intertwined, and uh, Pininfarina has by far bodied more Ferraris than any other coach builder. Mm -hmm. So we actually ended up in the Pininfarina group, um, which I also worked on, by the way. So we, we did a, in the Ferrari, we had so many entries, we ended up having an extra, extra two Ferrari classes this year. So we have Pininfarina early and Pininfarina late. So the first group are from 52 to 56, and then from 57 right up to 2003. So uh, that was exciting. Yeah. Uh, I also worked on the on the other Pininfarina. We also have a, a pre-war and a post-war Pininfarina group of cars. Um, so that was two extra ones. Um, and I was also, actually, I think it was mainly the ones I was on this year. And then, of course, Kuntash later on. If we think about, and let's focus in on these, these wonderful Italian cars, are there maybe one or two you can tell us are going to be there that are very, very special vehicles? I mean, they're all special. I, under, I understand that. But one of the things I understand is the first Countach that Lamborghini built is going to be on the lawn. Uh, yes, it's actually the number two Lamborghini, if you like. Oh. Unfortunately, the, yeah, the, the pre-production car that actually they took to all the motor shows back in 71 that that unfortunately for whatever reason I don't, maybe they were crash testing or what have you actually got destroyed oh i understand so we have the first production after the pre-production if you like mm -hmm. car that the factory actually did sell at one stage and they they managed to track it down it ended up um spent most of its life in switzerland um, they, they sold it. I mean, they, they owned it for a year, I think from 73 to 74. Beautiful green example. And then it, and then it disappeared into Switzerland. And the factory were alerted of the car back in the early 2000s. I think they bought it back in 2004. So that, that came back into the, the factory fold, if you like. And, uh, that's one of the cars they're bringing. That car I saw at the factory, and I mentioned to Sandra yesterday, Maybe you can verify this, although I was at the factory and the lady that was giving me the tour was very nice. And as we were looking at that vehicle, I noticed a little chip in the paint and underneath was red. And I said, why was the car painted red and then green? And she smiled and she said, well, uh, when they built this car and they took it to a motor show, they didn't have another one. And they wanted to take the car to a second motor show, but they wanted the public to think that there was more than one. So they repainted the original red car green. And she said, we've had debates here whether we should restore it back to the original color red. But it sounds like to me it's still green. And this was back in 2011 when I saw it in their museum at their factory. Right. Well, so, as far as I'm aware, it's still green right now. <laughs> okay. I guess they decided to um, keep yeah, the history. No, it, it, <laughs> Yeah, that, that is actually quite a, well, I say quite a common. It, it's not unheard of that, uh, people, manufacturers have done that before now. And especially at the very beginning of their producing a new vehicle that they did, did, did turn up with the same car at a different show a few months later and a different color. And they, people thought, Oh, they're, they're in production already. And aren't they fantastic? <laughs> Carol Shelby did that. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yes. He was known for that. What are uh, what are some maybe uh, another one or two really special cars that we'll see on the lawn that you're involved with? Well, I think in the in the in the Ferrari groups, I think we've really got to concentrate on the 
well, we don't have to, but the, the, the Pinaferina um, groupings. Mm-hmm. And, and we've got some really, I mean, Pebble Beach always tries to sort of, you know, not, not necessarily bring the run-of-a-mill version of the Pinaferina car, but the coach-built examples. So, I mean, one, one famous car that's been there before, um, which people will probably, if you remember a few years ago, John Shirley won Pebble Beach outright with the first post-war winner we'd had for many years. Oh, yeah. With the Bergman 375 MM. So we, we've got the, not the sister car, we've actually got the original, if you like, Pinaferina Speciale that, uh, Roberto Rossellini actually ordered new in 54. Yeah. And it's a f- amazing car and it's got all these sort of design features that we, you see much, much later on many different cars. So it's got, got like side coves. Um, that you would see on a Corvette like 10 years later. Yep. It's got pop-up, pop-up headlights, which we didn't see on Ferraris until the GTO. It's got flying buttresses at the back. Anyway, an amazing car. That, that, that is fantastic. We also have one of the um, really rare 410 Super Americas, again, with sort of a 56 car with, with the big fins, which sort of following the American trend at the time. That's, that's a really exciting car. We've got the um, uh, one of the 250... Pinaferita, like I sent you my photograph, a PF Cab 1. Yes. This is the photo, if you look later on my, if you're logging on to, to look at my profile, you'll see a photograph of me standing beside one on the Corridor Grand. And this is, this is the car that was sold, or believed to be sold new, I think it's not 100% sure if he was the very first owner, but to uh, Peter Collins, the English racing driver. Oh, who, yes. He raced, raced the Ferrari, and that's, that's a really unique example, and it's sort of a, he, he specified it with really unusual doors. It, it's, if you can imagine a sort of lethargic driver who wants to hang his arm on the door the whole time, this has got a cutout, if you like, to, to rest your elbow down in the, in the door there. So, oh, okay. Okay. <laughs> um, it, yeah, a unique car. So, uh, again, those are two or three. There's a really interesting one of the, um, it's, it's called a 365P Pinaferina Special, and that's the famous three-seater car. So there were only two of those built originally, and that's one of those is coming. That's pretty incredible. A few years back, I'd actually never seen this car myself, but I, until I went to Retromobile for the uh, auctions over there, and, and Art Curiel had the, if you like, it's the precursor to all the Dinos. It's it's called the 206P Speciale, oh, yes. um, and it's so it looks like a. It looks like a Dino, but it, all the dimensions, it's really, really interesting to, to study it. And actually, there will be a Dino in, in one of the other classes later. Unfortunately, probably not next to each other. But um, anyway, it, it's really sleek and really low. And I I actually had the opportunity to, to sit in that car for a prospective client who asked me to take a look at it. And it, it was, I must admit, I'm not very tall. I'm about five foot eight. And, and my head was on the roof. Wow. <laughs> Okay. So okay. Uh, it's it's tiny and really low to the ground, and and that's that's a rather special pinaferina as well. Yeah. So there's, there's plenty coming. So. Uh, oh gosh. Yeah. It's a really it's a really big Ferrari year this year, apart from everything else. And, and I'm sure Sandra has probably told you that because it's the 70th anniversary of Pebble Beach, um, we've got a huge group of ex best in show cars returning so there's there's 40 40 best in show winning cars incredible going to be on the on the lawn so um, you know a couple of the other classes we you know curated this year include porsche 917 uh, early electric vehicles pre-1922 
electric vehicles. The little celebration of the uh, French Grand Prix. So we've actually got uh, four of the contestants from the 1921 French Grand Prix being lined up on the field together. Um, so yeah, there's there's lots of apart from the usual, there's lots of new classes this year, and it's it's really interesting. What has you most excited since we missed last year, and we've missed 18 months now of car events? What has you most excited about being back on the lawn at Pebble Beach this year? I mean, apart from seeing all the cars, it, it's as always, um, it's seeing our friends and owners, and, and uh, hopefully mask-free, um, so we can see each other's mouths and smiles, and uh, yes. you know, just just re- reuniting with everybody. Really, that's what I'm really looking forward to is is greeting greeting friends, old and new. Absolutely. That's what car events are all about, uh, for sure. Let's take a short break. We come back. I want to talk a little bit about the challenges that maybe surround trying to pick the cars that are going to be on the lawn, especially given how many cars want to be on the lawn. So keep that thought in mind and we will be right back. What began as a charitable car show has grown into the world's greatest collector car auctions, raising over $133 million for charitable organizations to date. For nearly 50 years, automotive enthusiasts from all over the world have enjoyed the Barrett-Jackson Collector Car Auctions, and I'm a huge fan. Regarded as the barometer of the collector car industry, their auctions are world-class lifestyle events, where thousands of the world's most sought-after unique and valuable automobiles cross the block in front of a global audience, in person, on TV, or streamed online. Barrett Jackson produces the world's greatest collector car auctions in Scottsdale, Arizona, Palm Beach, Florida, Las Vegas, Nevada, and new for 2021, Houston, Texas. The excitement of Barrett Jackson auctions is contagious and a unique experience is not to be missed. And be sure to visit BarrettJackson.com today. Barrett Jackson, the world's greatest collector car auctions. So, Miles, I typically ask my guests about big challenges, big failures, uh, obstacles that are in the way of their business. Since we're talking about Pebble today, what are some of the biggest challenges you faced being on the selection committee, trying to narrow the fields down to the proper cars, depending on the year? Because you might have a great car for Pebble, but that year, your vehicle doesn't fit to any of the criteria. So what are some of the biggest challenges you and your colleagues face? That's a good question. It's... uh... I don't think there's any set rules for that. I, I would say that um, I think one of the biggest things that we're always trying to endeavor to do on the selection committee is we do want to be presenting authentic and original automobiles. We don't want to be having cars that have, you know, had, had big enhancements done or major changes, you know, maybe later in life or over-restored at some stage and not being presented in a in the correct form that you know the car has the car would originally been built or you know was delivered mm-hmm. we're always sort of having to curate certain cars that just don't don't quite make the cut for that reason and then and then of course yes you're you're correct that we will especially in themed years we're really trying to get uh, a cross section that will cover cover that particular make or model or you know i mean actually a couple of classes i didn't mention that again you would never normally see we're doing a, a carrera panamericana um grouping this year so they have they have to be cars that ran the event in period mm-hmm. so we you know if you if you produced a car that 
you know, was of a similar type, and it's all done up in the Mexico Career Pan America colors and looks wonderful, that's great. But we don't want that car. <laughs> yeah, you want ones that actually ran. Yeah, and sometimes we have to be careful of, you know, is it that actual car? And go back and make extra calls and history books and restorers and, uh, you know, we do quite often. I mean, a n- number of the selection committees throughout the year. I mean, we we know ahead of we know ahead of time. You know, two or three years out, sometimes what classes we're going to hope to put together. So we're we're quite often actually visiting restorers and and so on and owners and and chatting with them and finding out what they're doing and and trying to help line them up cars for in, for the future as well. Absolutely, and it's got to be an incredible incredible job and uh, and responsibility. Yeah, it, it, it's fascinating, actually. I mean, I'm just a small part of a, a large brain trust, if you like, of a group of people. And, it, and I'm always amazed every year by the depth of knowledge that the committee as a whole has. I mean, people chime in on different cars that you think they don't know anything about. And so they say, well, I'll, you know, I can tell you that they built 345 of those with you know, a five-speed gearbox. And uh, that, that year, they only had the four-speed. You know, it's incredible what comes out of the mouths of other members of the selection <laughs> committee. You mentioned Ed Gilbertson, who's been a guest on the show here, and his knowledge, especially in the Ferrari world. Uh, uh, we've got coming up this week, Al McEwen, who's probably been on the selection committee committee the longest of anybody julius kruta out of germany uh, expert on uh B- 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 bugatti and uh, uh mercedes-benz so incredible number of people and yeah the wealth of knowledge here is enormous yeah they, well you've you picked three more great great members of the selection committee there and uh yeah you're quite you're quite right ed ed especially on his ferraris al is uh i i take my hat off every year to al i mean he's he's uh the, the, one of the younger members on our group <laughs> um so he's he's been around a few years and uh al al's great he'll sort of say well i remember i remember seeing that car at such and such a show in in 1962 and i'm going really <laughs> and he does and he just he just he just knows it it's incredible especially the early cars but uh you know and if you name a pebble beach winning car he'll say oh that car late 1972 you know and Immediately, it's right there. Wow. So, uh, and, and Julius, Julius the Great is one of those, there's a few people in the world, I don't claim to be one of them, but Julius is one of those people, and you, you can test him, but if you almost throw a chassis number at him, uh, or ask him what is the chassis number of that particular car, he, he knows it at the top of his head. Wow. And, uh, and, then, and then he'll tell you the history. So he's, he's obviously one of those people that's brilliant with numbers and immediately knows, knows the chassis number of that particular car and can tell you all about it. Well, I'm very fortunate to have so many uh, inspiring automotive enthusiasts here on the show, and this week is pretty special with, with these folks that I mentioned. So you listeners, uh, stay tuned for the rest of the week and some great guests here are featured uh, featured from the Pebble Beach Concord Elegance. Let's talk about you for a minute, Miles, because I mentioned at the beginning, anybody who was born with the name Miles Morris has to be involved with cars. I think it's it's very cool. What was a very special vehicle that's been in your life? Now, this could be a car you've owned, a car that you've managed, a car that you've sold or found for somebody, but one really special car that stands out for you. I think that probably would be the, the car I've had a very long time. So I, I own a uh, 1953 Jaguar XK120 Roadster. I've now had the car for... 37 years. Wow. A good long time. And I think probably one of my my greatest memories. So my father used to do a lot of historic racing. And one year he was racing at the Monaco Historics down in Monte Carlo. So I drove the car down to Monte Carlo. And that was actually fairly boring. I drove it on the autostrada or the motorways. 
um, all the way down and did the race meeting. And then, unfortunately, I had to fly back to England because the following weekend, I was the best man in a wedding. Okay. So I left the car in Monaco, actually, with a friend who was on holiday down there. And he, I said, you borrow it for a couple of weeks, and I'll pick it up when I come back. So I flew back down like two weeks later, and I drove it up to Lake Garda in Italy, where I was entering. I was a, I was a big competitive dinghy sailor at the time, and I was doing a European championship. I did my sailing race for that week, and then I decided I was I was solo in the car. I didn't go down with a friend or anything, and my chap I shared the boat with, he actually trailered the boat down, so he was in his own truck, if you like. So on my return journey, I decided I was going to drive from Riva del Garda to Calais in France. Now, that's about mm, 750 miles or so, and I didn't take the easy route. I went north, up over the Alps, and... Um, it was one of those days where it was sort of threatening to rain and it was sort of thunderstorming every so often. Now, I never really put the top up on that car, and I'm lucky. If I drive it at sort of 40 miles on it or so plus, you don't really get wet. <laughs> and I just remember driving. I drove it nonstop apart from getting petrol uh, all the way to, uh, you know, I think I left really early in the morning, about 6 in the morning, and I think I, think I got there about a ferry at about 6 at night. Wow. So uh, right, right through, nonstop. Um, it was just the most magical drive, um, and uh, I was pretty much going as quick as I dared without picking up any tickets, but uh, a lot of places in those days, you weren't, weren't getting tickets anyway, so yeah. wow. it was great fun. Wow, what a part of your life that thing has been, and that's amazing, 50, uh, 37 years and uh, wonderful trips and journeys. I love it. I'm going to crawl into your head a little bit here. Be a bit of a psychologist today. If you were manifest as a vehicle, Miles, this isn't what you want to be. This is your personality wrapped into a vehicle. What would you be, but more importantly, why? Okay, um, I think I would be a uh, Rolls-Royce, Okay. a Silver Ghost, so an early, early Silver Ghost, probably from about 1911 or 12. And I would, uh, if I was to pick one, I'd pick the, uh, the chassis 1701, which is the famous London to Edinburgh um, Rolls-Royce Silver Ghost. And that, that was the car that really put Rolls-Royce on the map. They drove that car in top gear from London to Edinburgh and back and managed to do it uh, an average of 24, I think it was 24 miles per gallon or something. Mm-hmm. Um, and they weren't, and the car was sealed. They weren't allowed to top up the fuel. They weren't allowed to top up the oil or anything. And then, and then when it got back, uh, they took it on the Brooklyn's track and it did 78 miles an hour. Wow. So I, I can uh, relate to that car. I would say, firstly, I'm British, of course. I personally am fairly, I'm quiet as a, as an individual. I'm not, uh, one that's usually actually doing this type of thing, podcasting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I think the the car was very technically advanced. I like to think that I'm uh, fairly technically advanced in a lot of lot of areas to do with the motor car. Uh, Rolls Royce is reliable. I like to think I'm reliable. The Silver Ghost was in production for many years. That was uh, 1906 to 1926, so uh, it's got longevity. Mm-hmm. Maybe last but not least, I, they're they're one of the sportiest. Rolls Royces that were ever built, and I I love sports. I'm I'm uh, very competitive. I love tennis. I love skiing. I love motor racing. I love sailing. I love clay pigeon shooting. So there you go. Wow, nicely said. I like the way you thought that through. Thank you. Very nice. A Rolls Royce Silver Ghost. I love it. Very very cool. Is there a book that perhaps you've read that you've enjoyed that you could share with our listeners? I'm going to do a shameless plug, although you did it before. I I 
I, my one little claim to fame is having written a chapter for the, the stewardship of historically important automobiles. And that was a book that uh, Fred Simeone put together with a, with a whole group of authors. There were, I think, about 12 or so of us that were each given a chapter to write. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's a, it's a good book to read if you were wanting to restore your car or look after it in, in a sympathetic manner that's not going to destroy its originality and so on and so forth. So I think, I think that's, a, that's an interesting, fun book. If I was to choose another type of book, I, I think I'd have to pick one of the best books in recent years, and that would be, in my opinion, and that would be um, the, the Phil Hill um, trilogy, Inside Track. Mm. It's sort of the autobiography and his photography. And I, I knew Phil, um, and I know, I know Doug Nye still, um, the author of the book, and it's just, it's a fantastic book. Um, yeah. I couldn't say more highly about that, that particular version. I mean, unfortunately, it's not, not for, you know, it, it is an expensive book, but it's well worth the money, I would say. Oh, yes. Doug's been a guest here on Cars. Yeah, I've got that trilogy. It's a wonderful, wonderful historical piece. Absolutely. I'll make sure I put links to these books on Miles' show notes page. So check it out on the Cars yeah website. Just type in Miles Morris and you'll find his page right there. So let's go on the ultimate drive. And the fun of this is... I have a magic scepter, which allows me to allow you to pick any vehicle in the world, any person living or deceased to go on this drive with. So what's the vehicle? Who are you with? And where are you going to be driving on this ultimate drive? Well, thank you, Mark. Well, originally, I was going to tell you, maybe like a lot of us boyhood, boy, boyhood dreams, I was going to be Dennis Jenkinson sitting next to Sterling on the 55 <laughs> millimeter. Yes. But... Um, I'm not going to do that. I would like to use your magic wand, please. And I would like to join my um, grandfather, who I never met. Unfortunately, he died uh, before I was born. And his name was Oscar Morris. Okay. And it's partly where the Morris, my side of the family's love of automobiles come from. So Oscar actually was an amateur racing driver. And he raced at Brooklands pre-World War One. Wow. And actually, back in 1914, he won a number of races there. And he raced a, uh, a Daimler-engined Darak. And after, his, after the war, he kept the car through the war. He probably just hid it somewhere. Um, after the war, he converted it to a fast road car. And he, he was actually working at the aforementioned Ambrosia factory that his father had founded. Mm -hmm. But the factory was down in Devon, which is in the southwest of England. And he lived in in a place called Hove, which is near Brighton. So he apparently used to drive, commute to work in this ex-racing car that ran at Brooklyn. Oh my gosh. You know, apparently he knew every, every, a bit like, a bit like uh, Jenks. He apparently knew every sort of gate post because he'd do that, you know, journey and yeah. he knew where the cows would leap out in front of him and, <laughs> and so on and so forth. So I'd, I would, I want to be his passenger in that car. I want to learn much more about the family history, his history and uh, so on and so forth, which I never, never got the opportunity to do, unfortunately. Wow. So that, that would be my dream drive would be sitting next to my grandfather in, in his old race car. That sounds spectacular. Wow. What fun that would be. Is that vehicle still around anywhere? No, sadly, we think it went to a scrapyard in about 1927. Mm, and, uh, long ago. And a, a number of people have uh, gone looking in the, in aforementioned scrapyard and trying to see if it ever find any remains, but uh, I don't I don't think it'll ever turn up, unfortunately. 
Well, today it has, as you've gone on that ultimate drive with your your grandfather, Oscar Morris. That would be spectacular. You've given us a a wonderful time today, Miles, and I can't thank you enough for taking some time out of what's got to be a busy time for you as we prepare for Pebble Beach. Before I let you go, would you offer us maybe a success quote, a mantra, some kind of words of wisdom? Yes, I I think... um my school had a, 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 a motto, and that was um, fortis e fidelis, and that, uh, that means strong and faithful. Mm. And uh, I uh, think I've actually pretty much tried to do that throughout my, my career and life in general, and I think, um, I think it applies to all sorts of things. I think it applies to marriage, business, raising a family, maintaining friendships, and uh, I think... Uh, I think that's a very, very noble aspiration to to live towards. Absolutely. Fortis de Fidelis. Yep, absolutely. Takes me back to my seventh grade Latin class. So... There you go. I, was I wasn't very good at Latin. <laughs> I, I had it. I struggled with that one. Boy, every day the teacher, Miss Shade was her name, uh, would put some saying on the board and you would have to, she'd randomly pick you. You'd have to stand up and say it and then translate it. And nobody wanted to be picked every single day. So, oh gosh, she was a tough teacher. Uh, she was pretty brutal. And I'll tell you a funny story. I don't think too many kids in the classroom liked her, but seventh grade's kind of one of those years. And somebody one morning went in early and changed the saying to, and I don't remember what it is in Latin to, let's see, there is no sunshine with shade because her last name was Shade. And uh, the poor girl that got picked stood up and said it and she looked at her and said, I beg your pardon, and turned around and looked <laughs> at the board and we all had to put our head down for 10 minutes or something like that. So, which was the greatest thing for us to do. But uh, bet, yeah, Miss Shade, I remember her well. What are the ways that people can learn more about MM Garage? Um, you can go on our website, which is uh, obviously www.mmgarage.com. We also have an Instagram out there. I'm sure you can find a, a MM Garage again. Yep. I have a personal Instagram. I mean, it's similar to the, the work one, but I just post a few more, slightly more personal photos and cars and stuff. Miles Morris underscore one. I think someone already nicked my name by the time I got to Instagram. There you go. So, Absolutely. There you go. Yep. And I'll remind everybody uh, jo- to join Miles on the lawn uh, this 70th anniversary of the Pebble Beach Concord Elegance. It takes place Sunday, August 15th. At the Lodge at Pebble Beach, you can go to pebblebeach.net to get your tickets in advance and join all of us there uh, at a spectacular event. We hope to see you there. Miles, thanks for being so generous today with your time and expertise and for sharing what you do with the Pebble Beach Concours. Until you and I talk again, I'll see you on the lawn at the Pebble Beach Concours de Elegance. Thank you very much, Mark. I enjoyed it. You're welcome. I've discovered... Linkage. It's a new quarterly publication and website that covers the automotive market, driving, restoring, collecting, and discovering your passion for motor vehicles. Linkage is about experiences, opinions, and values. Linkage is an actual, informed, reasoned opinion based on first hand experiences. A talented Linkage team covers the automotive world, the people who share your passion. And mine, smart, considered, rational, and experienced opinions. Ones you can learn from and grow. That includes our passion that drives auctions and the collector car market. So come with me and join us on this journey. And be sure to use the code CARSYEAH when you subscribe and they'll give you $10 off. Boom! 
Linkage, geared for the automotive life. Subscribe today at LinkageMag.com. Here at Cars Yeah, it's all about inspiration. And our charity of choice is TechForce Foundation, where it's all about making a positive difference in young people's lives. TechForce helps young adults discover their talents and passions for all things automotive, with a mission of helping students develop a career as a professional technician. TechForce awards nearly $2 million in scholarships every year for students to pursue technical education, and they support hands-on activities, events, and mentorships across the country, working to change the outdated perceptions of these careers. Autotechs are in high demand, but the supply of qualified technicians is critically short. They need your help to fuel their mission. Learn more and join me in supporting them at techforce.org. Thank you so much for joining us on today's ride here at Cars Yeah! Drive on over to CarsYeah.com to find show notes and inspiring automotive fun. Download your free copy of Filler Up, a fun book filled with gorgeous photographs of fuel filler fun, including quotes from more inspiring automotive enthusiasts. Download your copy today, and we'll see you next time on Cars Yeah! Yeah!